Is biotech overvalued? This is industry focus. Hi, Fools. Healthcare analyst Michael Douglas here with you today from the sunny hills of Italy. Actually, I'm not here today. This is a pre-recorded show, so uh, some minor details may have changed, but I think the overall... Um, the overall conversation about biotech valuation will still be useful. It's a pretty, uh, it's a pretty timely topic um, because it seems that you know, <laughs> not a not a week goes by when someone isn't talking about whether biotech is overvalued or undervalued just on the whole. Um, and then I think as well, it's it is in a lot of ways a very timeless topic because those conversations, you know, once a week have been going on for years. So with those caveats in mind, Todd, let's go ahead and jump right into the question. Biotech valuation. Biotechs are never, uh, it's never an industry that's easily valued. No. It's so hard to try and put a price tag on a therapy that could revolutionize treatment. And, yeah. and, and I think that's, that's, that's such a crucial point to pull out that I'm, I'm just going to emphasize it again. I mean, if you, if you believe in efficient market hypothesis, uh, look at biotech. Right? I mean, this is the classic example of a market that is just deeply deeply inefficient. It is hard to know whether um, whether uh, a company with massive potential will actually live up to that potential. I mean, when you have 90% of drugs failing, uh, that enter phase one failing ultimately to get to market, it's just almost impossible to appropriately value a company. And particularly when you often even have, and, and you know, we talked about this in, uh, in a recent uh, industry-focused healthcare episode, you know, when you'll have phase three drugs still failing at a, at a you know, by some estimates, 30% rate. Um, you know, it's very difficult to really know what a drug is going to be worth for a company and then just how revolutionary it will be. Right. And, you, you know, the other thing we have to remember as investors is there are hundreds and hundreds of biotech stocks out there, but only a handful of them actually make any money yet. Right. So, you know, the typical valuation metrics, price to earnings ratio, price to sales ratio, they don't really come into play when you're talking about biotech because most of them don't have sales and they don't have earnings. <laughs> um, but that doesn't mean that there aren't some touchstones that you can... You know, things that you can look at and say, well, is valuation crazy for biotech relative to you know other parts of healthcare, or is it crazy selectively? Right. <laughs> maybe some parts of of biotech are insanely priced, while others maybe are a little bit more attractively priced. Right. Well, and 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 I think it's also important to to note um, uh, another distinction, which is that. You know, small companies, as small companies that are early in their growth cycle, are, are, are just, I think, notoriously difficult to really understand what the opportunity looks like and to really value. But there are bigger companies, right? There are the big farmers, and you've got your big four, big biotechs, and I think they're a little bit easier to understand uh, because you have these large, you know, large scale business models. They're already making money. Um, I think. Offhand, I think they're all profitable, um, and, and and so you can then use something at least more closely approximating traditional valuation metrics like price to earning and price to sales. Um, so so by those metrics, how does big pharma and big biotech look to you, Todd? Well, it's kind of interesting because you look at it and you say, okay, well, 
let's take, for example, Gilead Sciences. Okay, full disclosure, I own it. I think you do as well, Michael. <laughs> the, the Motley Fool owns shares, I think. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, Gilead Sciences is a behemoth. You know, leader in HIV treatment, leader in hepatitis C treatment, $25 billion in revenue last year. Okay. Now, there are some challenges ahead. There's going to be some competition that's going to come into the hepatitis C market that could, you know, weigh down its profitability or profit growth. And for, for that reason... Um, in 2016, analysts think, okay, you know, maybe earnings are only going to go up about one and a half, two percent, something like that. You know, maybe it won't be blockbuster earnings growth in 2016. Mm-hmm. Okay, for that reason, they're only paying. You know, the Ford price to earnings ratio for Gilead is is just ten. I mean, it's it's at the lowest Ford price to earnings ratio for Gilead that it's had since 2010. Right. So it's a very inexpensively priced stock um, because people aren't too sure how it's going to shake out in this market and what that impact will be on earnings in 16. Okay, So it's hard for me to look at Gilead, one of the biggest, most well-known biotechs out there, and say, okay, we have a bubble here. Um, Especially when you look at something like Johnson & Johnson, which actually has a higher forward PE than Gilead. Right. And still is looking to do low single-digit um, uh, bottom-line growth in 2016. So I think that when you're kind of considering it that way, you say, okay, you know, maybe a big biotech like a, a, a Gilead isn't too pricey relative to something else out there. Um, the other thing that I, you know, struck me as I was preparing for today's conversation was that, you know, looking at a name like Celgene, which mm-hmm. again, another stock that I happen to own long, uh, full disclosure. Um, you know, Celgene is suspected to see its earnings growth 30% next year. Yeah, but it's yeah, still, it's still are, trading at like, what, 28 times uh, twenty-eight times 15 estimates, something like that? Yeah, 28 times uh, um, current, and then next year, less than 20 times. Now, you look for on the big pharma side, and you find a company that's expected to grow earnings by 30%, and you come up with Bristol-Myers, and Bristol-Myers has a Ford P ratio that's close to 30. Right. So is Celgene out of whack, or is Bristol-Myers out of whack? Mm-hmm. So I think that when you're looking at big cap biotech, it's hard to make the argument um, on a relative basis that these things are overvalued considering you know, that they're considering that they're growth stocks and that all, often many of them uh, and that some of them are sort of growth and uh, and dividend payers right like Gilead being a, a good example exactly exactly I think where the big problem is and where people really need to make some distinctions here on overvalued undervalued right valued is in the hot biotech stocks sure you know things like um, immuno-oncology drugs, you know, the stuff where they're re-engineering T-cells to be able to better find cancer. Mm-hmm. Those valuations are a little bit crazy. Yeah, well, and and again, that's in part because you, you don't even know if the drug's going to make it out of uh, out of the clinic yet, um, and so it's very difficult to, to appropriately value that company either way. <clears throat> right, I heard that, ni- you know, <laughs> research has shown that I think it's in, for oncology anyways, 93% of drugs fail um, to make it all the way through clinical trials. Right. You know, that's, those are steep odds that are weighing against you, yet you have companies out there like Juno that have a $4.6 billion market cap. Right. 
You know, it, now maybe that's maybe that will prove to be cheap down the road, right? But it's so early in the development of these drugs that it's hard to make. It's hard to say that it, it's cheap, and it's probably easier to say that wow, that that's pretty expensive. Right. Although, of course, you know, from from the other perspective, right? You know, if 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 Juno or if another company, you know, ends up coming in and and, and building a better mousetrap and and fundamentally uh, improving the standard of care for a major disease group, um, you know, like Gilead did with hepatitis C, um, like you've like like a lot of folks are trying to do with diabetes or cancer and some of these other just really just awful diseases. Who's to say that they're uh, that they're overvalued? <laughs> do you know what I mean? Well, like if they, right? if that actually ends up happening. Yeah, that's the thing, right? Gilead was once a five billion market cap company too. Yeah, and now it's a hundred and sixty-five billion. Right, and 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 I know you and I both wish we'd gotten in earlier, but <laughs> you, you can't win them all, I guess. No, no. I mean, I, I really think that when when push comes to shove, and you know, if you were to say, Michael Todd, what do you think? Are these things too pricey? I would say that the time of just being able to go out and buy any biotech is probably past us. Sure. Instead, you need to do your due diligence, you need to be selective, and you need to do your research. Yeah. Uh, and, and at the end of the day, I mean, I, I, this is something that actually, uh, you end up having conversations about it in, in banks a lot too, right? Because, you know, you might have a bank trading at, you know, 2x book or something like that. And it's like, well, listen, at the end of the day, you're paying up for quality. Right. If you're confident in the business and its, and its business model and its growth prospects, maybe a little bit less so for banks, of course, you know, because healthcare is a much more growthy space than financials. Um, then, then you need to think about kind of what you think is the opportunity with that company. Um, and I have certainly hopped into companies that looked uh, pretty darn richly valued, um, but which I believe will pay out long, uh, pay off long term for me. And I know you have too, Todd. So, so it's it's one of those things where. I think you paint a broad brushstroke with a stru- with a sector, and it it it, it overdoes it. You're you're overstating your case. What you have to do is you have to look at individual stocks because they're going to be undervalued and overvalued stocks by your perspective, and you want to then think about what the opportunity looks like and whether there's a reason for that valuation to be so cheap. And if and if you like what you see, then there may be really a nice long term opportunity for you. I 100% agree with that. 100%. You know, the, the market, it's a market of stocks, and there's always going to be winners, there's always going to be losers, and you have to remember that valuation is kind of an issue of timing. Mm-hmm. You know, something may seem overvalued right now at 20 times earnings, but if in five years from now those earnings have doubled, was it really overvalued to buy it today? Yeah, <laughs> that that is, I think, probably the, the key question folks are going to want to ask in healthcare and biotech. Uh, folks, thank you for uh, for giving us a listen today. Uh, I will be back in the office next week uh, for healthcare industry focus. Um, Todd, as always, a pleasure to talk to you. Shoot us an email if you have a question or if you want to debate a point. Our email is industryfocus at fool.com. And again, that's industryfocus at fool.com. For The Motley Fool, I'm Michael Douglas. Thanks much and fool on. Fool on.